Porn Free Radio, episode 81, Up in Your Business with Angus Nelson. Those things that you perceive as being so painful, it was Joseph Campbell that said, in the cave that you fear lies the treasure that you seek. Welcome to Porn Free Radio. This is the podcast where motivated guys who want to quit looking at porn, get hope, and take action. Even if you feel lost right now or out of control, you can recover and live a meaningful life, free from shame and full of love. Now here's your host, coach and podcaster, Matt Dobschutz. Hey guys, welcome back to Porn Free Radio. As I record this intro, I'm about 20 hours away from going on a family vacation. And just outside my office door, uh, my whole family is packing suitcases, they're charging Kindles, they're charging Game Boys, they're charging DVD players. That's right, we're really unplugging on this trip and getting back to nature, as you can tell. Um, anyway, they're they are like furiously working out there to get everything packed. And they've given me about 20 minutes uh, to record this. And at the 20 minute mark, if I'm not done, my wife's going to come in, shut off the microphone and take my MacBook Pro. So I got to get through these announcements really quick and then get to the interview with Angus Nelson. Announcement one is, hey guys, thanks so much uh, for those of you who have contributed to our Patreon site. Patreon's a way that content creators and listeners can get together to help uh, crowdsource and fund the show. So if you haven't given yet, go to pornfreeradio.com slash contribute, pornfreeradio.com slash contribute to get more details about how you can give monthly or a one-time gift. And of course, all your gifts can be anonymous if you want, uh, but it really helps us out. And if you found any value in this show, please consider giving back to Porn Free Radio to continue to get the message out. Once again, that's pornfreeradio.com slash contribute. All right, my next announcement is, hey, I have a shout out. It actually came from Melissa and it's about her fiance, Luke. This month on the 20th, he's gonna get to six months clean. And she wanted to just uh, celebrate this. And so she sent me this note. She sent me a kind of a long letter. I'll just read a couple of the paragraphs that she ends with. And she said, Luke has been clean for six months and I just wanted to share how proud I am of him. I wanted him to be able to listen to this and know how much it means that he has given this away for himself and me. I'm sure it hasn't been easy, but it's for these reasons I love and believe in him so much. He's the best chance I've ever taken, and now neither of us are looking back. There's always hope, no matter how little it seems, and there's always help. Love is worth fighting for. And it was so great. I mean, Melissa shared a little bit about her story and Luke's story. And Luke, hey, I'm really proud of you. Way to press in. Way to really own this. Keep going. This is totally worth it. Love is worth fighting for. And I'm just proud of you guys. And the stuff that you're doing now as you're engaged, as you're kind of pressing in, this will only benefit you in marriage to get more communication, to get more tools, um, to get more of this recovery stuff out in the open will totally benefit your marriage. And so bless you guys. Thanks for writing. And Melissa, thanks for your support of Luke. That's so great. All right, let me get to the last announcement. Several hundred guys have gone through our relapse video series. We've launched the first two videos 
at pornfreeradio.com slash relapse. And the third and final episode in our trilogy will be released in the next week or so. And it's about getting back on track. And some of the content in this third video is stuff that I've never talked about. It's, it's some new stuff. I talk specifically about creating a relapse protocol. And there's also a couple of ideas of what you can do after relapse to really get back on track. And it's something that we haven't really talked about. And I'm excited to share it in this video. So if you haven't seen the videos or you haven't signed up uh, to get the emails when the videos get released, go to pornfreeradio.com relapse and get on that list and check out those videos. Uh, it's been really fun making them. And this last one is going to end well. So thanks so much. Uh, guys for signing up and for for going through those and I can't wait to to launch the third one. All right, let's get to our interview with Angus Nelson. Now, if I read Angus's bio to you right now and tell you that he's worked with executives of some of the world's largest companies as a speaker, coach, and facilitator, like he's spoken at Walmart, Whole Foods, Coke, BMW. He hosts a popular entrepreneur podcast, a top 20 Inc. business podcast called Up In Your Business. And he's been featured on AOL.com, HuffPost, VentureBeat. You know, he's an author. He's got a new book coming out. If I told you all these things, you'd probably think, oh, well, that's why Matt has him on because of all of these things that he's done. And he is, he's a real powerful guy. He's a leader. He's a speaker. He's a guy who you're drawn to naturally. But that's not why he's on Porn Free Radio. He's on Porn Free Radio because he's got a story about porn, a personal story. And it's, I think, one that you'll connect with. The main reason he's on, too, is that he's really empathetic. He really gets it. This is my conversation with him. Uh, we just dig into it. He shares some things that he hasn't shared before. And we just go, go from there. And it's just a good conversation. So I don't want to talk it up anymore. Let's get to our interview with Angus Nelson. Angus, welcome to Porn Free Radio. Great to be here, Matt. Yeah. Well, I wanted to tell a story right before uh, we we talk, and it was it was at Podcast Movement this year. Mm-hmm. I was going around, and you know, it's the first podcast movement I've been to, and the first question everyone asks you is, "What's your podcast?" and my podcast is Porn Free Radio, so it's always a little bit of a mouthful, a little bit of an awkward pause when I spit it out because most people are used to these business podcasts or entrepreneurial podcasts or creative podcasts. So porn free radio is a little bit of a mouthful in the hallway, but I, I get it out and I explain what it is. Now I kid you not. I shared this with at least three people at the conference and the next words out of their mouth were, you need to talk to Angus Nelson. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, that's great. Like, hey, he's the porn guy. Awesome. <laughs> exactly. So um, I um, I love this quote that uh, an old pastor, John Wimber, used to say. He said, never trust a leader without a limp. And so I don't know. I was like, I spent the rest of the conference trying to find you. And it's funny. I had actually met you midway through, and I didn't connect you as the same guy. And then uh, I finally found you on the last day. You said, hey, I'd love to talk about porn. I'd love to talk about it. So it was kind of a quirky introduction. Yeah, it was really funny. Um, somebody, somebody that you had talked to then pinged me and said, hey, there's this guy, Matt. You need to meet him. Um, he's all about porn. 
And I said, I, t- I, t- I texted him back and said, I love talking about porn. Let's do it. <laughs> and then when you and I actually met, that was the thing. We were around a whole bunch of other people. And uh, I, I think I said the same thing out loud. I said, I love talking about porn. So here's my first question that I want to ask you. And, you know, you're, you're a men's leadership expert. You're, I mean, you're obviously a corporate guy. You've uh, spoken at all these uh, big companies like Whole Foods and Walmart, Coke, things like that. But the fact that you were walking around the conference saying, hey, I don't mind talking about porn. It's part of my story. What does it mean for you to lead with weakness, to lead with that kind of transparency? So I believe that when you show yourself vulnerable, you give others permission to do the same. And it immediately takes down walls and they immediately know you're somebody different. Now, I'm, I'm really wise in how I use that. I don't use it for just any situation because there's some people, you know, that it can be, you know, off color or it could be too shocking or it just is too, you know, casting your, cur- your pearls before the swine, as, as the saying goes. And so I'm, I'm wise with that. But at the same time, there's some shock or taboo value when you say, yeah, I love talking about porn because people are like, this is just like our inner secret. Nobody talks about that stuff. And yet there's so many people who wrestle with it. And so for me, it automatically equals the playing field. And now they have somebody they can talk to. And, and the fantastic thing about it is in that moment, people won't ping me. But when I get home, I'll get an email or I'll get an instant message that says, hey, man, I've been wrestling with that stuff. I'd love to talk with you about it. In fact, somebody just this weekend asked me about it. I said, hey, let's get together. Yeah, I, it was funny. I spoke and uh, I had this really funny reaction because I I started my talk, my PMX talk. We were both speaking on the same day, like I think in separate ballrooms. And yeah. I talked and the first thing I did was I told this rock bottom story about pornography. Didn't didn't introduce myself, didn't say, didn't talk about what I was going to talk about. And, you know, you could hear a pin drop in the room after I got done. But what was Uh amazing, later later that night in the hotel bar, some people called me over. And they really responded to the talk. One guy said, hey, I wanted to hate you. You know, I I thought that you were anti-porn and I'm very sex positive. But, you know, I really related to your story and connected and, you know, thought you did a great job. And and I was really surprised at the... The way that vulnerability kind of beget vulnerability with other people. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things that um, people carry around so much shame and so much guilt or so much um, baggage because, you know, the propensities of our culture are such that um, we take this thing that we think is going to bring us so much pleasure and it ends up bringing us pain instead. Yeah. And then we don't know how to contend with that because our culture shows us all the sexuality and it's supposed to be amazing and fantastic and romantic and they paint it off to be all the stuff that porn in and of itself is not. In fact, it actually delivers altogether the opposite. And now we're in a place where it sucks out our self-worth it sucks out our drive and it sucks out our ability to be intimate and to connect. It is something that um, is a bad bill of goods. And when you finally come to that conclusion, it's typically too late because now you're already addicted to the serotonin and the, the chemical fixes that it, that it seems to you know kick into gear. Um, and that opens up a whole nother conversation about 
you know, how to quit. Well, let's back up a little bit. Tell me a little bit about your experience with porn. Um, so I can remember my very first exposure was when I was about four wow. years old. My dad had some Playboys uh, up in a closet, and I don't know what I was looking for, but I found these magazines. I opened them up, and I'm like, hey, these people aren't wearing clothes. Yeah. And uh, I had some neighbors uh, with this one young lady, and we were playing doctor. And, you know, it's like part of that youthful exploration. But now these other seeds have been planted. And I don't know if it was just the Playboy or if it's just, you know, the, the young lady, if it was my family. I, I don't know quite where all those dots fit. Um, and prior to that, um, I had an experience where I had a babysitter who, um, I don't know why she did this, but she would pull on my penis until I cried. And I don't remember if that was because I did something bad. Mm. I don't remember if that was something that she thought was funny. I don't remember if it was just some exploitation. I don't remember the context. I just remember right. the occurrence. And so I had some, some exposures to things when I was very mm. young. And as I got older, um, those curiosities um, continued. And I never really put two and two together as to why um, some of those things were happening. I just knew that they did. But as I got older uh, into my teens, um, I got involved with a religious organization. Um, we went off to their church camp thing. And it was there that I lost my virginity at church camp. And I came home, and the leaders of the group that we went with found out about it. And they told me, if you don't tell your parents, um, you know, if you can't be honest with them, you can't be honest before God. And if you don't tell them, we will. And, I mean, now looking back at just levels and levels of manipulation and emotional abuse and so when I got home, that was one of the first things I told my parents was, hey, I lost my virginity. And my family didn't talk to me for the next two wow. days. And so here at, you know, 16 years of age, I am full of shame. Um, I have all these wrong programmings of what relationship and connection is supposed to be about. Um, and yet I was on this uh, pursuit of some kind of religious redemption on trying to make it right. And I had one more mishap of sexuality um, when I was um, 17, uh, 18, 18. And then from then on till I got married, um, which happened when I was 29 or 30. I mean, like my whole 20s, I was sex free. Like I wasn't, you know, um, sleeping around. But man, I'll tell you what, I started to grow more and more fond of, of pornography. And of course, it wasn't as readily available. What would happen is I'd stumble into a store and there would be a magazine rack and I would, you know, pull one down and I would, you know, open it up and my kneecaps would start shaking and I would just get this, you know, like rush of fear and excitement yeah. all in one. And these things, you know, kept building so later as technology advanced and now all of a sudden I have, you know, absolute access to it, I started to connect to it on a different level and that was coping with stress and anxiety. And so I was running a nonprofit organization in my late 20s and um, 
Um, we made some bad decisions. Um, I'd gotten married in the midst of all that. Um, so we were financially um, behind the eight ball. And then now I'm 30 and 9-11 hits. So in the nonprofit world, um, this organization was suffering on the giving aspect even more. And I just thought, well, I'm just going to work harder. Because then, then we'll turn this ship around and I can prove to everyone that I could do it. Or I could prove to everyone that the idea was good. I could prove to everyone that it met a need. But in, in, in coping with that added pressure, I just turned to pornography even more. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I talk to guys who I coach and one of the things that they'll say is, um, they'll say, hey, I don't know why I'm going to this porn. Like, what is it? And I'll be like, well, tell me about your life. And they'll be like, well, you know, I, um, I own a business and I have four adult, three or four adult children. I have this, I have this, all these responsibilities at church. I lead this. Um, I'm responsible for this. It's like they list all these things and I'm like, oh my gosh, how do you take care of yourself? You know, what, what, and mm -hmm. they're like, I don't have time. I, you know, I, mm -hmm. and, and you realize, wow, you have so much responsibility in your life. You have so many things that you're juggling. Of course, your porn is going to be a great alternative for self-care because mm -hmm. it's easy and it's so readily available. Mm -hmm. And just because these responsibilities are important, whether you're running a nonprofit or leading a church or because you love your wife and family, those things take away from you. If you don't get your needs met, mm -hmm. you're going to go to one of these unhealthy sources. Mm -hmm. And what I came to find out later, you know, as I came through, you know, getting counseling and recovery and, and getting whole, I learned that in pornography, it was the one quotient where I felt like I had some sort mm. of control. Everything else is falling apart, but in this moment, I chose <clears throat> what I watch, who was going right. to pleasure me, what you know level of degradation that we were going to – I don't know if I said that word right, but le what level of filth I was going to go to. And it's interesting because once you start getting into this stuff, you got to go deeper and then deeper and then deeper because you got to increase the fix. And now all of a sudden, you've got all these new propensities of, of um, you know, weird, you know – Hairy midget, yeah. you know, Feti fetish, stuff whatever. And, like the, yeah. the fetishes get mm -hmm. ridiculous, and then you feel even worse about yourself, and then you can't satisfy with your partner because you're thinking about these other fetishes. Oh my gosh, it just becomes so confusing and frustrating. And then what do you do? You go back to it for more, thinking, I'm going to control something right. else. And the only thing that you're doing is you're controlling your own demise. Oh my gosh, that's so good. Yeah, I mean, I, f I forget about that control piece. It's such a, that there's a calming, there's a calming f feel to it when your life's out of control that somehow in this moment, you're choosing, you're, you're, you know, you're going to pleasure, you're taking care of yourself, but you are totally the, the master of, of your fantasy, you know, you're, mm -hmm. you're, I mean, usually you're always the object of desire in your own fantasy, right? Yeah. And even if you're in a fetish where you're, 
you're not the object of desire. You're you're still choosing to go into whatever it is. And you know, some of those fetishes, you know, go to the opposite extreme where <clears throat> you're not in control, you're being right. controlled. Which is a whole nother level of psychology. And you know, when it comes down to this is I, I, I kind of alluded to this. There's this whole thing in psychology that, that describes the pleasure pain mm. principle. The things that we perceive to be pleasurable, whether it be addiction of pornography or alcohol or drugs or whatever, we think those pleasures will maintain that, that those, those elements bring us yeah. pleasure. And for a short moment, they do. However, the residual effect of that is it actually ends up in pain. Yeah. The other aspect is we look at what if I come clean? What if I tell somebody? What if I have to seek change? I have to go see a counselor or therapist. What if I have to start doing self-help type stuff? What if I you know, just really own this stuff? Man, that stuff seems scary. That stuff seems so painful. And yet that perception of pain is yet the very thing that will bring us pleasure. Mm-hmm. And so we have a confusion as to what things are what they actually are. And that psychological element, once you start tackling that, you start realizing you're actually being manipulated by your own propensities. You start to climb and rise above and can start seeing some things for what they are. And what I found is that none of this stuff happens overnight. You don't just wake up one day and say, okay, I'm done. I know people tell those stories, but um, I also believe that humanity is what humanity is, and it's, it's, it's frail and it's fallible. And it took me forever, it seemed, to kind of completely come out of all of that. And I can tell you to this day, I still love naked people. I do. <laughs> I'm male. God designed me to be motivated by sight, and I have total control of how mm. I use that. And I choose now where I let my yeah. eyes go. And when I'm talking to a, a, a woman, like I am now disciplined to look yeah. her in the eyes. When some woman walks by me, I don't rubberneck and have to see the trail she leaves behind right. or the tail right. she leaves behind. You know, I don't have to be um, the douchebag that sees a woman as a idol. Right. Women are no longer controlling my attention and my my emotion. Women now are equal human beings that deserve my compassion and my mm. empathy. Like that's another thing we don't take into account is that we start to see these other human beings whether it be a member of the opposite sex or sometimes it even becomes the same sex. You see them as tools for your right. own pleasure. You start seeing them as just a piece of of non-existent emotion, non-existent experience, wants, needs, or desires. They're a piece of meat. Yeah, I think C.S. Lewis talked about it like, uh, you know, every man has a harem in his head. It's like you add them to your harem for your own whatever, your own pleasure or your own sense of control and pleasure. Mm-hmm. And I've gone through every gamut. I mean, I did all the filters. I did all the accountability. Sure. I even went to a group when I was uh, seeing my counselor. He sent me to this group of, of addicts um, who we had all just embraced the fact that, you know, we had this addiction. And I would listen to some of these dudes talk. And some of it to me was like, you are still in a really junky place, dude. 
like as he was sharing, I could see him like fantasizing while he's sharing this stuff in the midst of a meeting. Right. And I'm like, bro. <laughs> right. I've been to some meetings like I've been to some meetings like that where you you feel worse and more slimy after you yep. leave than when you get there. Yep. Those are the worst. And that's where I say what I observe and and have an impression that like even that is a form of they're getting off on some kind of thing. And that's a whole, again, a whole nother level. The, the stuff is so varied and everyone's experience can be very different. But at the end of the day, what we all want is peace. And yeah, I mean, they're, they're, one doesn't always work for the other. Yeah, the, those guys a lot of times are still under the, the obsession. Mm-hmm. They, they may be in recovery, but the way that they're approaching recovery is still obsessively thinking about whatever they're leaving behind and letting go of. Yeah. Uh, it's still preeminently on their mind. Mm-hmm. And so that's where it gets messy because you can tell that they're kind of blended, that they, they're trying to let go of it, but they're still obsessing in a way that's unhealthy. And I, 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 I kind of look at it like this. You know, whatever you focus on gets bigger. Yeah. So if you are trying to get away from the addiction, if you're trying to get away from porn, your motivation is avoidance of that very thing, which in and of itself has you focused on the very thing. Right. So true. Versus turning your attention to what you do want. I want quality relationships. I want a caliber of of intimacy and connection with my spouse. I want to be a man that my kids look at with with pride and and joy and admiration. I want to be the man that when other women come around, they don't they feel safe. Yeah. And they don't feel dressed down by someone's eyes. Like I want to be that man that other dudes look at and say, "Bro, that guy's got it going on. Like when I turn my focus to the person I want to become, the game changes because I, I start with the focus of becoming this dude. And what I learned next was that the becoming itself could be exhausting. And instead, what I needed to see myself is who I already am. Instead of trying to become, start to be. Yeah. And I would go through these exercises where I would visualize myself loving people effectively, loving myself effectively. Mm. I would see myself in interactions and I would rehearse it in my mind what it looked like when other women found me safe, when my spouse and I could really connect. Yeah. Like that's a whole level of psychology that you don't learn overnight. It's part of the progression of going through the paces until your heart settles and becomes more comfortable, embraces the failures, embraces the mistakes, and accepts them as what they are, simply mistakes. They're things that have happened. You don't have to place judgment on it. You don't have to say, I'm a terrible human being because of that. I can look back at my past and I can be a victim of that and say, I never deserve to be loved. I'm never worthy of anything because of that thing in my past. And that's the wrong approach. That's a judgment I place on an occurrence that just happened. Yeah. And instead, learning to be present in this place and understand that I have the gift 
of being grateful for who I am and the man that I am and the relationships that are around me, like that starts to breed a ton of gratitude and generosity and, and love and appreciation for who I am. And from that, others get to celebrate that too. Because I have nothing to gain, nothing to prove, nothing to lose. So I'm not trying to be like the show off. I'm just me. And being happy, here's a crazy thing, Matt. Other people love to be around happy people. <laughs> right? It's attractive. It's an amazing quality. And it creates other opportunities and it fuels other perspectives and creativity and all these amazing things that I could never connect to when I was still back in the sludge. Yeah. I wouldn't let myself. I, wouldn't, I, I didn't think I was worthy or deserving or valuable. Oh, my gosh. Once you start seeing the light of what's possible, you start to shed little by little all the junk that you've been carrying, the pressures and the weight of that shame. You start to shed that. Something that you wrote that I, I really connected with was this idea that getting to the why is not as important as finding the how, how not to let the handicap or the issue dominate your life. Mm-hmm. I, I love what you're saying because you can, you can spend your whole recovery in a victim mentality. This happened to me or, hey, I did all these horrible things. And just be stuck looking back, blaming, making excuses, staying stuck. Mm -hmm. Or you can start to go, like, how can I move past this? How can I how can I admit that I have a weakness? I love looking at naked people, but that's not gonna help me grow in my marriage. That's not gonna help me be faithful. That's not gonna help me um, be able to lead people well and see people as real people as opposed to objects of desire. It's like, so you start putting Mm -hmm. the how together and going, okay, knowing I have this weakness, how can I, you know, be at podcast movement and look at people in in a healthy way, be upright before people. How can I be on Facebook and not be voyeuristic? How can I do these things? And, Mm -hmm. and some of these things you have to eliminate. Like I can't, have access to certain things that maybe other people can, Mm -hmm. but it's not, it's not, my life isn't worse because I didn't see Mm -hmm. that movie that was nominated for Academy Award. It's not like all of a sudden, man, it's not worth living. I didn't get to see that, that incredible piece of, you know, drama, you know, I mean, there's all these things that I don't have in my life that I don't miss. Yeah. And, you know, to your point, it's not only do you not miss, but, people forget the things that you gained, right? And you actually have a life that's of a higher caliber, a higher quality. You know, I've gone through phases where I had absolute lockdown filters. I've had uh, times, in fact, my computer has um, stuff that has accountability software. So if I go to junk, my wife knows about it. I don't think she's gotten any kind of, you know, bad signal from me in a very long time, knock on wood. You know, it's like... I just haven't had the same propensities that I had in the past. You know, here's another thing, too, that it gives you. It gives you a sense of self-awareness to the capacity that when you see somebody, like, I I don't know. You know, I can wear my wedding ring. um, I can get done from speaking. Like, everybody knows I'm married. I'm taken. 
but some young lady thinks she can bat her eyes on me and, and right. get some attention. I can spot that from a mile away. Well, you had a you had kind of a flirting addiction, and so you probably pick up on that stuff still. Uh, and, I know and the so, game. So you're really aware of what's happening even on the other side now. Mm-hmm. And and I call it. I don't say straight to their face, you know, hey, would you stop right. doing that? I can see what you're doing. Like, I don't want to embarrass anybody or whatever. So I've just learned different tools. Like, all of a sudden, I start talking about my great marriage. I start talking about my great kids. You know, if I have an opportunity to then, you know, exit that conversation, I'll be like, hey, it was great to meet you. I got to go talk to this other person. Like, I don't leave right. room for them to manipulate any kind of their little witchcraft. And here's the thing. Like, People who are doing that, they don't know any better. They haven't taken these steps of growth. So who am I to make them feel terrible about well, that? Well, and you're not leaving room for yourself to let the fantasy go a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. there's times, I know for me, it's it's not so much about what they're doing. They're you know, A lot of times, they're, they're not doing anything specifically manipulative. I'm just, mm-hmm. I, my own heart is drawn to them. That's one of the things I'll say, I'll say in confession, I'll just say, you know, I was feeling kind of drawn to this person. I don't know what it was about them, whether they were manipulating or whether I just was attracted, but I have to own Mm -hmm. my own drawnness and create safety for myself. Yeah. Yeah. And not leave room for even just the, the inkling of temptation. And my wife and I, we've been very good to create, you know, boundaries. You know, um, she knows where I'm at all the time. She can map me out on my iPhone. Uh, she, you know, if I travel, um, I'm always checking in at the end of the day. And, you know, that's how we say goodnight is, you know, being on FaceTime for an hour or whatever is I'm getting ready for bed. And, um, I don't take pictures with young ladies, you know, with my arms around their lower backs. Like, I just don't do that. If I have possibility, I have another male in yeah. between me. Um, I don't, tr- I try not to give women like full on bear hug, right. you know, whatever. Like, I just, I'll give them the yeah, old side the hug, Christian you know? Side hug. Um, <laughs> right? <laughs> and like, it's so funny, but it, there are certain things yeah. that I have chosen to partake in simply because I don't want to leave any room for ridiculousness on either side, right. them or me. No, that's great. Tell me a little bit, just, you know, just for my audience. Now, I, I listen to your podcast, Up In Your Business, and the thing that I love about it is I listen to a ton of business podcasts. I, I love entrepreneurship. I love all this stuff. But the thing I like about your podcast is you really talk about uh, the EQ, the emotional intelligence of people, and you, you get in their business. Basically, you you go past their success, and you go past some of their um, external, you know, things that everyone's attracted to them for, and you try to get under the hood a little bit and and ask them some some deeper questions. And I I really appreciate it. I mean, I, I just I texted you a couple of weeks ago when you had Gary Vaynerchuk on, and it was yeah. a Gary Vaynerchuk interview like I've never heard because. You, right. he's got all these things that he's done that are great that everyone talks about and you're asking mm-hmm. him you know do you FaceTime with your kids when you're traveling and he's like no I don't and he, and he like he kind of owns it it's kind of it like harsh the way he said a couple things but it was like yeah. real yeah. and um, mm-hmm. so I love that transparency I love that truth what, what are you excited 
about right now in your life and in your business? I thank you for all of that, by the way. Um, and that's really what I want to do is is you know get people to share why or how um, they've gotten to where they got to. Um, because I think when all of us realize that they're just as human as we are and they have to push the same fears that we do, um, that it gives hope that you don't have to be perfect and you don't have to be like some kind of <clears throat> born to some special bloodline. So for me, what gets me excited is I spent this whole last year um, with this podcast building my authority and, and you know, um, tapping into my network and just opportunities that I've had that honestly, like – Sometimes I just shake my head, like, how did that just happen? That was crazy. Um, right. You I've never thought you'd be on Point Free Radio. And here you are. Right. Here you uh, are. Episode here 81. I am talking about <laughs> sexual molestation as a child. I, I don't think I've ever told anybody that story. So, seriously, that's, I don't think I've ever told anybody that on, on public. Um, and for me, what I have two things going on. One is people are now asking me more of my gift, you know, my wisdom and my insights. So I'm actually transitioning my podcast that I'll be doing more of my own mm. show, uh, yeah. more solo broadcasts, um, so that I can share some of the stuff that I've learned and packaged and put it into actionable steps that people can use to change mm. their reality and bring transformation to their own lives. So that's number one. And then number two, um, I signed a book deal that I'll be uh, releasing in 2017, a book called Empowering Work, which, interesting enough, with our conversation, on one side has a business aspect and talks about the changing nature of work and how more and more employees are going to be um, uh, contract labor than full-time employees and that you'll actually be managing your own brand like a free agent. And what does that look like, both from the corporate side as well as from the you know, yeah. uh, business side? But the back end of the book is about giving you um, the insights and the motivation to give yourself permission to dive in this and be successful. And it deals with the mindset, emotional intelligence, and the tools that you're going to need to succeed in this changing economy. So I like to think of it as kind of like the, um, the, the mullet approach to a book. It's going to be business up front, party in the back. <laughs> And those are the two things, you know, between me being able to sow my life into people more. And I, I'll add a third component. Part of me doing more of my own shows is because I'm now making myself available yeah. to coach, to mastermind, to take what I have and pour it into others and replicate. And I want to make this stuff yeah. contagious. Well, I, I mean, I really pick up on that. And, and if you've been listening right now, uh, to Angus, you just get the empathy that comes through in his work, and and I just think as a coach, as a um, as a leader, I mean, we started by talking about leaders with a limp. There's something that's trustworthy about him, and an authenticity that we don't always see on stage at a keynote, or we don't always see in the success, the business success book section. So I love it. Mm -hmm. I love that you're bringing this to both entrepreneurship, work, but also bringing this, this emotional component because we're not compartmentalized. Mm -hmm. we, we, we carry, that's the one yeah, thing right? about this sex addiction and some of the, the pornography stuff. It's like, we think that we're managing and we're keeping this in its little box and it doesn't affect the rest of our lives. But 
our emotions, our personhood goes with us in every situation. And so the more integrated mm-hmm. we are, the healthier we are. And uh, I know for, for me, it's really important about being the same on the inside as I am on the outside. And I really hear that in you mm-hmm. too. So I really am so thankful that you shared. And, and thanks for going deeper. I mean, we have so many guys on our show who email me that they did have some incident growing up where they were touched, where they were raped. And there's a promount, mm-hmm. pr- pr- profound amount of shame, especially for men related to that and who knows what the effect is it's hard you might never know what mm-hmm. the effect was but mm-hmm. it happened and being aware that it happened and being open about it just gives hope to others yeah my pleasure um you know, and that's the thing right right we don't have to know why it happened it's how do, how do i move forward from here and I don't know what that purpose was. I don't know. I'm not going to place judgment on all these different things and say, well, this happened because of this, or these are terrible things because I'm a terrible human being. Like what I know is this, every one of us are created with beauty and with brilliance and with creativity. Like if we don't embrace who we are and we get lost in the shuffle of all the occurrence, then we lose. The invitation is, can you lean into those things that you're afraid of, those things that you think are going to be painful, whether it's getting help, coming clean, talking to someone, sharing it with your spouse or your partner. Those things that you perceive as being so painful, it was Joseph Campbell that said, in the cave that you fear lies the treasure that Mm. you seek. Through that pain and through that fear is an invitation for you to go to the next level, to level up or to go to another echelon of humanity. And when you can get confronted by that fear, know that when you lean into it, good things can happen. You will be liberated. You will be strengthened. You will be made more confident. And you will approach the world through a new lens. That's your invitation. Thanks, Angus. My pleasure, Matt. Wow, that was powerful. It was cool to go deeper with Angus. I mean, I met him at Podcast Movement. We were with three or four other people, and we had like a 10-second conversation. So to really go deeper here, and we actually did the podcast through video. So I got to look at him as he was talking, and he, I mean, he really uh, believes this. He's really a guy who cares about change and cares about transformation, And it's not a story with him. It's a real thing. And it's something that he wants to see happen in other people. So check out his podcast. It's Up In Your Business. You can search it in iTunes, Up In Your Business podcast. Uh, And it's it's Angus Nelson. You can go to angusnelson.com. That's his website. You can follow him on Twitter at, at Angus Nelson. And hey, you know, if you're on Twitter and you enjoyed this interview, go to Angus Nelson. And just tweet at him. Just say, hey, I really enjoyed your your interview on Porn Free Radio. Let him know. Give him some love. Um, I mean, he was definitely vulnerable today and definitely took some rest. So let him know that you appreciate it. And all those connections, all those links will be in the show notes at pornfreeradio.com slash 81. Pornfreeradio.com slash 81. Hey, guys, before next week's show, if you want to send me an email like Melissa did, you can send it to matt at pornfreeradio.com. 
matt at pornfreeradio.com. Feel free to send me uh, any questions or if you have a shout out or you want to give yourself a pat on the back, you, you want to tell me about a significant milestone in your recovery that's coming up 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, one year, whatever it is, send it to me and I'll give you a shout out. All right. And oh, and by the way, as I always say at the end of every show, if there's anything you need to keep private in those emails, please let me know ahead of time and we'll go from there. Thanks so much for listening this week. Until next time, take hope and take action. Be good. Thanks for listening to Porn Free Radio at pornfreeradio.com. To work with Matt one-on-one, go to pornfreeradio.com forward slash coaching and help us get the word out by subscribing to Porn Free Radio in iTunes and leaving a rating and review.